it's like almost like a kid who has like a like a high school recital and his parents are like nah we're just we're, we're passing on this one he's like guys everyone's parents are gonna be there dear shandy welcome back to dear shandy listeners hello andy hello big episode today you know what maybe when they said this was going to be the most dramatic season ever mm-hmm. they weren't kidding oh so now we don't think that's just a thing that a host is told to say well They're also a, a broken clock is right twice a day so yeah. <laughs> yeah this was very dramatic and i'm not gonna lie i ate it up mm-hmm. even though of course we were also like screaming at the tv it was good tv when you're screaming at the tv that's good it's tv good tv exactly shall we begin with our recap of episode nine of the penultimate episode yes all right so episode nine kicks off with a preview <laughs> normally mm. i start after the preview but i just wanted to mention that during the previews katie was shown telling a parent that only one guy won't be getting hurt at the end of it. And I just wanted to mention that you said, whoever's parent she just said that to, that's the guy who wins. I did say that. Yeah. Just wanted to plant that. And then let's begin. Here, This is where the episode <laughs> kicks off. With Blake's hometown. So Katie arrives wearing a cute little red jacket. Was it cute? It was it's a red jacket. Cute enough. <laughs> she arrives wearing a red jacket for Canada, mm-hmm. which was cute. That was yeah, cute. Oh, the, the fact that it was for was Canada excellent. made it cute. Yes. yes. And this hometown is Canada themed. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I felt exactly about some of the Canadianisms here, but they got the syrup. The syrup. Well, is, the syrup is they on had point. down. The taxidermy. I was a little like, mm, that sounds more American to me. To me, taxidermy is like what an American imagines to be Canadian. Yes, but is more American in actuality. Definitely, definitely more American. But yes, the maple syrup was damn accurate. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny how she was like, we don't drink this. I'm like, yes, you do. And you know how seriously I take my maple syrup. I certainly do. I've seen you have a borderline fit (laughs) at a restaurant when you ask for maple syrup and you get table syrup. Okay, a fit is strong. However, I, I do send things back when I specify before ordering that it is indeed maple syrup and not table syrup. And I'm told it's maple syrup. And then I order pancakes or waffles because I'm told it's maple syrup and then table syrup arrives. I don't like table syrup. It's not the same thing. It's not real syrup. I, I have to be honest, during the first couple of years of knowing you, I found this to be odd because I was like syrup, syrup. Yeah. And I have slowly come to realize that the difference between maple syrup and corn syrup or table syrup yeah. as we eat in, yeah. in America. Corn syrup with like brown number 70. Exactly. The difference is enormous. Yes. It's like the difference between um, a fine red wine yeah. and like Manischewitz. What's Manischewitz? Really? <laughs> oh. Wait, what is it? You're a bad Jew. <laughs> What is it? Manischewitz is that Jewish like sweet wine you drink on pa- on Passover oh. or some Jewish okay, holidays. Well, maple syrup. This was very accurate, mm-hmm. I think, for a Canadian mm-hmm. date. And he admits to using it in the bedroom. I like Blake's sort of. Yeah. His candor is very very endearing. sticky. Would get very. I just imagine <laughs> how much stickiness there would be. It's very you to to think about yeah. those logistics. A lot of cleanup. A lot of tackiness. <laughs> They play darts, and we learn here that Katie's biggest fear is spiders, mm-hmm. and that she would be open to moving to Canada for love. Two fascinating facts. <laughs> there was a cute moment here where she wanted to throw her dart, and I guess he was too close, and she was like, get out of here. I need my space, please. Yeah, I just that was love- good. Yeah, I just love how playful their relationship is. 
And then they go out and instead of riding on a bull, a mechanical bull, they ride on a mechanical moose with a makeshift moose head. It looks like it has like cardboard antlers on it. Mm -hmm. Once again, we've got to give props to the powers that be. Oh, yeah. They they did their job. Yeah, I don't think there is an an actual mechanical moose out in the market. No, there is not. And they someone someone was given that job. They're like, you make that a mechanical (laughs) moose. It's so true. Someone was given that assignment. You have to make some like draw and cut out and like color some antlers. And and the funny thing is, like when you see it, you're like, okay, it's a moose. Who cares? That person spent an entire two (laughs) stressful days of their life making that moose head. Yeah. So whoever was behind that moose kudos to you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then they make out on the floor of this inflatable structure thing Mm -hmm. then they play street hockey so many activities yeah a lot of of canadianness and they go make out in the penalty box and then here the edit suggests that greg is watching them Mm -hmm. now i do think that he did see them Mm mm-hmm Even though we didn't see a lot of this, he says, out of the blue, I saw a glimpse of their one-on-one. I feel sick to my stomach. I understand she's going to catch feelings for other guys. But seeing her with Blake, she looked so happy and it scared me. We saw very little of this come out of his mouth. But I do think that he did see some of it, mainly because I wouldn't be surprised if the powers that be went out of their way to make sure part of this date was in Greg's backyard. Oh, no question. (laughs) Yeah. And then in the evening, Blake brings Katie to his hometown. His his home, <laughs> where they meet his mom, Emily, his sister, Taylor, and his brother, Cody. And I thought it was cute how his family was all like, oh, we have so many questions. Oh, they're holding hands. Yeah, like, it there's was something cute. kind of meta about that. Like, yes. that is how I think a family should be in that situation. Like, not like, can you see yourself marrying? It's like, oh, my God, they're holding hands. Oh, yeah. It felt real. It did feel real. Yeah. Usually there's a there's enough stage fright in those meetings where it's just very stilted. Yeah. So Katie explains their connection to his family. And she says something here that stood out to me. She said, even if we don't say something, we both get it. Hmm. I wrote, yep. Because I think that is a huge part of what makes a couple work. That's the crux. Yeah. You don't want to have to explain everything. No. I really don't want to explain anything. Anything at all. A lot of work. Yeah. You basically want to date or marry someone who is psychic for you. Yes. (laughs) Another body with your brain. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) You fill the role well. So Emily chats with Katie. She tells her that her son seems smitten with her. She asks Katie where she's at and Katie shares the I love you thing. And mm-hmm. this, of course, becomes the theme of the episode. Yes. Katie constantly having to defend why she has not told multiple people that she's falling in love with them. And she gives a, a great answer here. Yeah. Which is that she, as long as she's in multiple relationships, she doesn't feel it's right to use the L word. It's the a good and the only answer. You know, earlier in the season, I think when she sent the third or fourth guy home based on hearsay, I said that my issue with Katie is I felt like she didn't have conviction. Mm -hmm. But I think this was the episode where she really proved me wrong, at least about that word. I do think she was a little too dependent or reliant on hearsay, but conviction was not the word. I take that back. I, I feel like this was the episode where Katie became... The Bachelorette. Yes, I completely agree. She was the heroine of this episode. Mm -hmm. We were big Katie fans in this episode. She won my heart. Yeah, she won both our hearts with this. Won back my heart. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to say that she ever lost our hearts, but we have, you know. I was seeing other people. (laughs) 
Let's put it that way. Yeah. She definitely in this episode came into her own, even though I think this was probably the episode where she probably felt she looked the weakest mm-hmm. knowing her or knowing what I think I know about her, which I could totally be wrong about. But I agree. This was this was her owning this role. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I feel that she has tremendous conviction. I take back what I said a few weeks ago. The I love you thing or the I'm falling in love with you thing, the general L word situation takes major conviction in, on this show where everyone is pressuring her to throw the word around. Yep. And of course, this comes back into place. So I will not waste any more breath on it now. Blake has a sit down with his sister, Taylor. And his sister was, I mean, she kind of had a little tood. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like she really came at him in this more than he expected. And I felt like he was just sitting there like, what the hell are you doing? Stop it. You're screwing me. You're blowing my cover. (laughs) It's true. It felt a little tense. Maybe that's the dynamic of their brother-sister relationship Mm -hmm. but she's like is this the one now is this the one she was saying the things that the (laughs) hometown people are supposed to think and not say yes and i agree he did seem a little like (laughs) oh he was he was on without moving his mouth yeah he was saying things so taylor kind of puts the pressure on him here about the l word which again is the theme of the episode she says, what if another guy has said it and she said it back and then that's why their relationship, you know, makes it to the next level, which I think he deflects pretty well. And then he has a sit down with his mom and she asks him if he can see himself proposing. And he said, there's no question. And she said, if you feel it, then you need to man the fuck up and tell her you love her. <laughs> so much pressure. I honestly wonder if producers had spoken with his family beforehand about the importance of telling her how he feels and things like that. It just felt like chill. Yeah. He's the one in the relationship. The way I see it is if the relationship doesn't last because you haven't uttered this meaningless word, really, it's more about show don't tell when it comes to the L word, in my Mm -hmm. opinion. And if your relationship ends because of that, then it was never going to... It was never supposed to happen. Yeah, I think they were all buying into the BS too much. You're yes. like, it's, it's coming down to the wire. You got to do the things that you're supposed to do before the thing happens. Yes. And it is, by the way, tradition at this point that at least one person, one new person mm-hmm. says the L word on hometowns. Right. So, but it wasn't like, I got to give him credit. No, he, he, I think you could see him thinking about it and, and, and feeling it in his body. And then he was like, no, it's not there yet. Yep. While kissing her when saying goodbye, he said, I feel so good about you. And then she responds with good. And he said, K. I mean, it was it was brushing against love. It was brushing against love. And in some ways, I think it was even more powerful because let let enjoy the buildup. God, this show, it takes away all buildup. Yeah. It's like, get there, get there, get there. It's all about the destination and not the journey on this show. Yeah, I mean, I hate that. They're they're literally friends at this point. They're friends without benefits. (laughs) Yeah, there's at this point no benefits are really being had. Yeah. Anyway, I love that he didn't cave into the immense pressure. Mm -hmm. And now we have Justin's hometown. (laughs) To call it a hometown is a bit of a misnomer on many levels. I mean, along the lines of Justin's whole journey on this show. (laughs) <laughs> Again, it's nothing. It's nothing. And I feel bad because the, I felt like I was like, okay, the hometown is where we're going to get to know Justin. And 
really, we got to know almost nothing more about Justin, but we will get to it. We did I learn know a few less things. about Justin <laughs> than before the hometowns. And Just- I knew nothing about Justin other than the fact that he seems like a nice guy and he paints a mean rose. <laughs> Still. That's it. Still all I know. We interrupt this program to bring you a very important message mm-hmm. about how much plastic you go through and how horrible it is for the environment and what you can do to make your footprint a little bit smaller. It's just not funny. It's actually not funny. I'm no. saying that it, like it's funny, but no, it's I'm so not. No, not... I, ex- I thought you expected me to make a joke about plastic, <laughs> but I will not. No, it's true. I draw the line. It is a serious problem, and it's something that we get very upset about over and- here. So Grove is an online marketplace that takes the guesswork out of going green. Their products are healthy and eco-conscious, and they're often in glass or aluminum containers Mm -hmm. and they deliver their stuff right to your door and we're big fans of grove here and can i tell you the honest truth every time i go in that bathroom and i use that beautiful glass soap dispenser that they gave us Mm -hmm. i feel good yeah same i feel a little bit of good it makes my day a little brighter because i know i'm helping the planet also their plastic bags like for garbage garbage bags are 100 percent recycled plastic wow That's impressive. Very. You almost never see that. Yeah. According to this, the world produces about 2 billion pounds of new plastic every day. Oh, my God. It actually makes me sick, That's like a horror movie. And no matter how much we put in a recycling bin, just 9% of it actually gets recycled. It makes me so angry. Aluminum. Aluminum. Glass. Glass. Things you can recycle indefinitely. But you'd have to pay, like, three cents more for god it's not sad that's what it comes down to choosing products that are better for you and the environment has never been easier for a limited time when the shandies go to grove.com slash shandy they will get a free starter kit with the first order that's right just go to grove.com slash shandy to get your exclusive offer that's grove.com slash shandy so this hometown kicks off with justin talking to his mom on the phone And his mom says, I find it difficult to understand how anyone could get to know someone in this short period of time to propose. I mean, there's usually a skeptical parent in the mix. And it would seem Justin's mom is that person. There wasn't really an explanation as to why his parents weren't there. Yeah, I really would love to know. Was it just that they weren't having it? Or was there some logistical problem? I wonder if it was for, I'm sure it was for COVID reasons. It was some probably COVID thing, but, or maybe they just use COVID as, as an excuse. They're like, like oh, a lot of people. COVID is a COVID situation. <laughs> like us with social gatherings we don't want to yeah. go to. <laughs> oh yeah, COVID, COVID, COVID. <laughs> yeah, it was really not clear. The vibe was suggested that they didn't take it seriously or just didn't really care that much, but yeah. I wasn't sure if that was just an edit but he did seem annoyed with his parents yeah. it was just sort of confusing he's like come through for me guys please you're leaving <laughs> me hanging here you're leaving me with with tweedledee and tweedledum i mean <laughs> it's like the worst hometown in history <laughs> tweedledee and tweedledum <laughs> you like that i think tweedledum was the 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 tall, skinny one. Yeah, he was lost. Way in over his head. He was like a deer in headlights that was also had an anxiety disorder <laughs> on top of being a deer and in front of a car. The one thing I did want to mention about this phone call is that Justin has wonderful man hands. <laughs> I know this is a weird out of context thing to mention. You did mention about, I think, four or five times how I, nice his hands I talked were. a lot about Justin's hands. He just, had really nice hands. So everyone knows Charlene is obsessed with hands. I really like a good man hand. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, women's hands are nice too, but I'm a straight woman and I just have a thing for a really nice manly hand. Yeah. And my longtime blog readers, this is a shout out to you. I used to have Manhand Watch on my recaps. And this is the return of Manhand Watch because Justin's hands are just a work of art up there with his roses. For any guys out there who would like to try to steal Charlene away from me, you better come with the strongest <laughs> hand game ever. Because otherwise you got no shot. I remember on our first real date, I was really eyeing your hands, trying to get a good look at those hands. It's a nice hand. Mm. <laughs> huh? Huh? So Justin takes Katie to tour Baltimore. This was cute. Huh. They had the welcome to Baltimore sign. Huh. We got a teensy bit of his personality here. He seems to be dry and goofy. We knew he was dry, but the goofy side kind of came out. And then they eat some crabs, because I guess that's what you do yeah, in big, Maryland. Big, Maryland's big on crabs. Okay. And there's a moment here that really spoke to me. Katie tears open a crab and says, That's the part I like really don't enjoy seeing. No. I liked this about her. Yeah. I, I always I feel find her. it Yeah, I always find it a little weird when people just rip open a creature that they will eat. Yeah. And it's not like we're pretending that we're on our high horse with this. Like we're not vegan. Right. We're pescatarian and yeah. we do eat so shellfish. We could eat crabs. Yeah. We could eat crab. But I don't know. There's something about like ripping open a creature and seeing all of its insides. And when people just plow right past that to get to the good stuff, I'm <laughs> like, oh. yeah, with my ex who was from Maryland, the first time I met her parents, we had like a big crab fiesta. Okay. And we had like just, just a giant plate of just whole crabs. And I just don't it's enjoy really the process of like, it's a lot of work. There's sharp things that you, and you get that. Then you start getting these like little micro cuts because there's so many sharp edges yeah. and you get lemon in them oh. and all sorts of crab juices. I have a very bad recollection of that <laughs> crab dinner. I, I don't choose to ever eat a large plate of crabs again. So the state brought back some bad memories. Yeah. Everything else was fine. Yeah. I had a nice time. Other, other, than the crabs, but the, I did not enjoy the process of eating a giant plate of crabs and ripping them apart and getting those stingy little cuts you invariably get. I mean, maybe it's just me. And seeing all their innards. Well, that's the thing. It's like you have to be confronted with the fact that this was a living, breathing animal yeah. as opposed to just it was born a, a meat shape and died a meat <laughs> shape. <laughs> uh, I suppose you could argue that's how one should eat animals is to be faced with the fact that it was... A living creature and not just meat shaped. No, I, as a matter of fact, one of the final straws for me for not eating meat anymore yeah. was drumsticks. Like, think <laughs> like a cartoon drumstick. Yeah. Like, a drumstick really looks like a drumstick, no matter whether it's like the closest thing to the cartoon version of any meat. It's true. And then I started thinking to myself, when I eat drumsticks, like wings or something, I don't think of it as anything but. A drumstick. Yeah. It's just a stick of meat that comes from heaven. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's not anything to do with animals. And then there was one day where I was eating one that was particularly crappy. I think I got actually wings at Domino's. Oh. Which, by the way, uh, Domino's serves its purpose. I'm not going to judge Domino's pizza in any way. Well, we've already judged Domino's I, pizza in our love fest with Astrid and Kevin, wow, by the way. good memory. That is a good memory, which I'm going to link out now. But we already did diss Domino's. <laughs> we did diss Domino's. And I'm going to diss them again. But for something that's not their core product, and I believe, I hope they discontinued this. It was one night I was, I was, I was a little drunk and I had 
Domino's wings. It was the only option. This was a long time ago. Okay. They were the worst things I've ever eaten. But the point is, is that they were so graphic. They were undercooked. Oh. And like all the sinewy parts. It was like all sinew and no meat. It was oh, just a sinew. God. And I really was looking at it. I was like, oh, there's the bone. There's the bone that goes next to that there's bone. The there's the thing that connects this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, done. That's not a cartoon. That's a thing that used to fly around. Oh, and and I'm, not, I'm not eating those Well, it was anymore. unlikely that it flew around because they're bred to not be able to fly. But yes. Right. Well, it fluttered. <laughs> it fluttered. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, rest in peace. I think we're a little off topic. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yes, crabs. We liked that Katie had an issue with seeing the inside yes, of the crab. that was the original point. I'm glad you brought us back there. Was I don't think I ever would have found my way back. Yeah, that we went a couple levels deep there. That was really Inception yeah. style. So Katie and Justin then mm-hmm. sit down and he explains that his parents aren't there. He doesn't actually explain why they're not there. We still don't know. But he tells her that they are not there. And she seems mildly disappointed. Emphasis on mildly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all know that this really isn't going anywhere. But anyway, they meet his friends, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. <laughs> and and as you clarified, Tweedledum is the... Well, Tweedledum is Tommy. I, I... So his friends are Herb and Tommy. Tommy was not prepared for his, no. his television <laughs> premiere. Let's just put it that way. He was, he was not, but Herb was really... He was carrying the weight here. And with a heavy heart. You could tell he was like, I guess this is all on me and I don't know what I'm doing. But he still, he, 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 was, he was brave. He was a soldier. He was. So the main things we learn with his friends in the mix is that Justin is picky. Yes. Very picky. He has a list. He should be. He seems like a great guy that I know absolutely nothing about. I don't know. When someone is described as picky, I'm always a little like, hmm. Yeah. Like how how picky is is the reason why your friends think you're not in a relationship or have a hard time with relationships because you're picky. Then that's an issue to me. Yeah. And what is he picky about? That's, that's also, another. Well, question. Yes. Yeah. And then the other thing is he's normally not into PDA. And so a lot of emphasis is put on the fact that he is into Katie, meaning that she passed all the tests of his pickiness mm-hmm. and that he is so into her that he's willing to make out with her on national television. I would assume an artist would be okay with PDA, but maybe that's just the generalization. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're sort of like very free with your emotions. You're very sort of open. Like it's a very exposed, vulnerable place to be an artist who paints primarily roses. (laughs) But he doesn't like making out in public. That's actually true. That's an interesting point. But I think the PDA thing probably comes more from like your childhood and observing relationships. Oh, I'm sure it's complicated. (laughs) Okay, so Katie talks to Herb, and we learn another little nugget about Justin. We're really just trying to gather crumbs here about Justin. Mm. And this, and we learn that Justin's heart is usually guarded, mm-hmm. and he doesn't let people in easily. Mm-hmm. And then Katie talks to Tommy. So who's, who's like Tommy. one inch away from a panic attack. <laughs> I mean, it's oh. just, the guy is just out, out of his depth there. <laughs> I don't know how they picked this guy. They were like, which one of your friends is the most awkward and terrified of being on camera? We really- I'll also make him really tall so he takes up a lot of the screen. 
we got a real kick out of Tommy. Yeah, I got bless him. I yeah, mean, no, bless his heart. It's it, he's probably a better person because he couldn't handle that. One hundred percent. It should be emphasized that our criticism is lighthearted and yeah. affectionate. I would yeah. say because I, we think it means that he's a better person. I, I. It's actually. I would say it's almost a compliment. It is from us, definitely. Yeah. So in this chat with Tommy, we learn that Justin is normally reserved. So mm. it. The, it's all being reiterated. He's guarded. He's reserved. It's a fasc- he's picky. fascinating hometown. <laughs> but Tommy says, but he's so himself around you. Mm. I don't trust anything Tommy says. <laughs> <laughs> and then Justin talks with Herb. And Herb asks, have you guys declared your feelings for each other? Mm-hmm. And Justin says, we haven't told each other we love each other. And it's not something we're going to force. There's still time. And Herb interrupts him to say, Still time. There's two weeks. I mean, Herb is I mean, really pulling all the weight on this hometown. All the weight. All like the literally, weight. Tommy's already grabbing. He's like searching the place for Valium. He's just like, get me out of here. <laughs> oh, we should go easier. This is all affectionate. All affectionate. Tommy's a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful person for being as uncomfortable best, as he was. The best things to say about Tommy. So the point driven home here, obviously, is that Justin's biggest roadblock in past relationships, is vulnerability. He's a hard Mm. time opening up. Hard not to crack. So Justin and Katie go outside to talk, and he emphasizes how he guards himself. But then he says that he's falling in love with her. I got to say, this was unexpected. I didn't think Justin was going to be the one to cave to the love pressure. Yeah. But he did. Yeah, he did. And Katie smiles and Mm. starts kissing him. (laughs) Always a good sign. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. My favorite part is when she said, I'm proud of you. I could feel you fighting that. <laughs> it's the beginning of a marriage. Right Katie there. was fantastic in this episode. She nailed it. On every level. She I... basically said to us, I'm not picking Justin, but I'm going to say the right things. Yes. And it showed that she knows him. Yeah. She said, I could feel you fighting that. And then they joked about how yeah. it was so difficult for him. I love her ability to with humor, point out something like that. It's almost like she's saying to him, you are going to get a, str- you're, like in the Olympics, this, they, he, you're going to win silver. Okay. You're not going to get the silver. You're going to win the silver. Okay, that's what she's saying to well, Justin. Well, in the Olympics, they were like the gymnasts won silver and they're like, well, they didn't really win, but they're supposed to win gold. Oh. But no, they won silver. Oh, yeah. Give okay. it to them. They won a silver oh, medal. So, wait, people say that? There was a whole thing about it, like how they were like kind of it was assumed that they were going to get gold. So they started saying, no, we didn't get the silver. We won the silver, which is true. It's the Olympics. It's unbelievable. It's the most impressive feat to get anything. Of course. But my point is, is that I think the way she's treating Justin is she's saying you're winning the silver. Well, do we think it's silver? Oh, well, I'm, I'm jumping the gun here, but yes, it's... it's we'll, we'll, we'll address this later. It's a, it's a silver with an asterisk, possibly a bronze, depending on how things play out. Yes. Overall, I think we can agree this was a very boring, Oof. uneventful hometown. I, you know, it goes to show how important the foundation is, because when Justin finally did say, I'm falling in love with you, I felt zero. Well, I, I didn't feel... There was no buildup. I can say this, and this is nothing against Justin, no, but I think Justin, Justin is lovely. Yes. He's a handsome, lovely man. Yeah, who's artistic. A- artistic, He's interesting. funny, great face expressions. He's got a sense of humor. Great hands. But he has made it the furthest with the least I've ever seen on this show. 
Well, and we have to assume there is more. It's just that we don't get to see whatever that more is. Oh, no, I'm saying the least seen. I'm not saying he has the least. I'm saying it's somewhere, but we haven't seen it. Yeah, and unfortunately, this hometown didn't do a whole lot to share unless set him back. Unless the hometown was sort of the explanation, which is that he is so guarded and he is so reserved that maybe there's a reason we haven't seen much from him. Okay. I mean, his face expressions are pretty unreserved. Yeah, he's got a mean facial expression. He does. Anyway, we were bored, and I would argue, my favorite saying, mm-hmm. I would argue that this hometown was almost patronizing to watch. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, I, none of us think that Justin stands a chance here. No, Justin doesn't think he stands a chance. There's no way Justin thinks he's winning. Yeah. And he's happy. He's and almost happy to not win. Yeah, and I actually think that's why he said falling in love. I feel like he's just sort of, yeah. I feel like both of them in this relationship are going through the motions. It's yes. like, oh, now it's time to do this. And now we kiss. I agree. Even when he was on the phone with his parents, he was kind of like, guys, can you just, I'm supposed to do this thing. <laughs> it's like, it's like almost like a kid who has like a, like a high school recital and his parents are like, nah, we're just, we're, we're passing on this one. He's like, guys, everyone's parents are going to be there. It's, it's not a big deal. He just wanted them there because they're supposed to be there. It makes him look bad that they're not there. It's, I honestly, I kind of think that's true. Actually, yeah. you're right. That's how it felt. Well, we like Justin. We do. Oh, I like Justin Disclaimer. unconditionally. Yes. yes. Maybe my favorite, almost my favorite person out of the whole crew of men. Because you know him the least. <laughs> yes. I like men that I don't know at all. It's mysterious. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message about your bathroom. <laughs> Mainly the business end of your bathroom. The business end of your bathroom. You know, people like to joke a lot about this part of the bathroom, but the fact is, it's not a joking matter. No, it's not, actually. And I think we can both agree that the Hello Tushy Bidet has kind of changed our lives. And we'd like to think that we've changed many of the Shandy's lives, too, because we have been touting the Hello Tushy Bidet for quite some time. They were our first ever sponsor. For less than $100, my life is, I would estimate, 1.5% better. And that's not an exaggeration. No, I, that yeah. was my face when I'm actually making an, a real calculation. Actually, you're right. If you were exaggerating, you'd say it's 50% better. To give you an idea, like Breaking Bad made my life like 1.5% better. <laughs> That's how good it is. Probably the biggest compliment I've given anything. So basically, the Hello Tushy Bidet, in case you're new around here, is a bidet that you Mm -hmm. affix to your existing toilet with no additional or fancy plumbing. You just screw it on. Screw in. That's it. And it then turns your toilet into a toilet with a bidet in it. I don't know how else to put that. You know, those fancy Japanese toilets that spray you, your toilet becomes one of those. Let's like let's simplify this. It allows your toilet to have a nozzle yep. that sprays water at your butthole. <laughs> okay? In layman's terms. Yeah. And it is now late July. Mm-hmm. It is Hot. the swampiest of the swamp ass. Yes. And because of global warming, it's not gonna get any better. Yes. Climate change has swamped up. The swamp ass yes. to a swampy level that that the ass has not seen yes. ever before in human history. Yep. And the Hello Tushy Bidet will rid you of swamp ass lickety split. Lickety split. 
Defeat Swamp Ass. Go to hellotushy.com slash Shandy to get 10% off plus free shipping. And once again, this is a special offer for our listeners. So go to hellotushy.com slash Shandy for 10% off. That's hellotushy.com slash Shandy. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on to Greg's hometown? I'm sorry. I, I don't recollect Greg's hometown. <laughs> Who's this Greg? I feel like I need to stretch before this one. Greg, Take a Greg, sip. Greg, uh, <laughs> Greg. Okay, I have to gear myself up for this one. Yeah, I'm stretching. Okay. So Greg arrives, and the first thing you said was, that's a short short. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth, I liked this length of short, and I don't know if that means that I just have weird taste when it comes to men's I, I wasn't criticizing it. I was just stating a fact that those were some damn short shorts. They were not that short. I thought it was the style of short that's not supposed to be super short, but it was super short nonetheless. We'll let the Shandies tune in. Hmm. Comment below and let us know if, if you think that I'm right, that it was a nice short length. Well, those shorts too I'm going short. to insert it right here. Let's all observe the short. <laughs> or do you agree with Andy that they were too short? Too short. So Greg tells Katie that he wants to give her a taste of his New Jersey beach town. Mm -hmm. And what better way to do that than on a tandem bike? Yeah. And then Katie says, I've never been on a tandem bike before. And Greg says, neither have I. (laughs) (laughs) This was very funny to me. I felt Mm -hmm. like it was a subtle fourth wall breakage to remind us how little contestants actually have to do with their hometowns, (laughs) especially in COVID times. I think in normal times, they have a bit more of a say. Sure, sure. But it's funny how it's like, yeah, we're going to see my hometown on tandem bikes. Yeah, I've never been on one either. Yeah, it was funny. (laughs) It was. So they eat pork rolls. I didn't know that was a thing. Did not know that was a thing. Italian ices or ice. Also did not know that was a Jersey thing. And they surf. And I I I guess they surf. I guess Jersey has a shore. (laughs) they're really stretching it i think they could have done the problem is is jersey's known for things that are like you know they should have had like a like a like a mafia get together (laughs) and like a like a toxic fume area (laughs) and like needles on the beach if they wanted to really you know and hoagies sorry no subs hoagies i don't even know is it hoagies or subs that's jersey's famous for jersey sub it's a jersey sub for our New Jersey listeners, Andy's just being a New Yorker right now, and I'm sure it's a lovely place. I love Jersey. I just know that <laughs> when someone says, what's Jersey known for? You don't say tandem bikes, surfing. <laughs> and Italian and ices. Italian ices and pork sandwiches. I guarantee you, if I polled all my New York City friends and my Jersey friends, what Jersey is known for, not one of those four things would show up. <laughs> And I can guarantee you one of the four things I mentioned would show up. That's all I'm saying. I love Jersey. Oh, right. They make great tomatoes, too. Jersey tomatoes. Tremendous. I bought one today. It's sitting over there. Yeah, you did. I did. This is true. Mm -hmm. We love your tomatoes, New Jersey. Tremendous tomatoes. So after surfing, they make out. And Andy, here you said that's the second inflatable structure she's been making out in. (laughs) They play basketball, which he admits he has not done much of since his dad passed. Hmm. I just thought this was sort of a sweet callback. There was a lot of thoughtfulness put into this date in this regard. Like she had taken him on this fishing date that reminded her of her dad. And then he took or he played basketball with her, which reminded him of his. It was a touching parallel. It was. And then they have a seat 
and he tells her that his family, he doesn't think they've seen him truly himself for the past couple of years. And he said, every time I'm with you, I feel so damn good. And I'm just so excited to walk in that door tonight and for them to see it. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about rain. And he snaps his fingers and makes it rain, oh, he sure which does. is another callback yeah. to their second one-on-one date. In general, this whole daytime portion was so romantic. It really was. And it felt momentous and powerful. And I was very alarmed and getting upset. You saw me get upset. Like yeah, I, I had did. to stand up for a while. I did. Because we were barely halfway through the episode and this was the third hometown date. And we all knew bad stuff was coming. And I was like, I just want them to leave together now. Yeah, there was too much time left. There was too much time left for things to end well. Yeah, Uh, there couldn't be another inflatable structure makeout session. No. You knew it was going downhill. Yeah, unfortunately. Okay, so that brings us to the evening when things start to unravel Mm. at a rapid pace, might I add. So in the evening, they meet Greg's mom. I think her name was Sadie, but we didn't really get that. And so I'm putting a question mark next to that. His brother, Joe, and his best friend, whose name we also didn't get, or not that I caught anyway. And they show Greg greetings from the rest of his family, his two sisters and his nieces and nephews. And Greg is a puddle, mm-hmm. a puddle of tears. Yeah, the, Greg is one of those contestants who I'm not sure I would have predicted that he would be the one to unravel so readily in this setting. No, I, guess. I actually quite the contrary. Yeah, we we. Of all the things that we were not totally right about, yeah. we were most wrong about Greg. Yes. And just how this ends up going down. Yeah. We, we were actually right. We should have stuck with our night one predictions that Greg was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> that would have just been like, that's it. We're done. Yeah. This did not go the way either of us thought it would really. No. So Katie sits down with his brother, Joe, and Joe reveals here that Katie might have been the first person Greg opened up to about their dad. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was huge. Yeah. The f- I think it says a lot about Greg that Greg and his brother Joe never really sat down and talked about their father having passed. What does that say about Greg? And tells us that he bottles it up. Yeah. And that w- he really did like Katie more than we thought. Yes. This provided a lot of sort of puzzle pieces we were missing. Mm -hmm. Because remember on the day portion of that fishing date, when she opened up about her dad, he didn't really say much. And then in the evening, it sort of just sort of spilled out of him. Mm -hmm. Now we understand why. it's He hasn't done it with, it would seem, anyone. I I almost would say, not to minimize the passing of his father, but I honestly think his way of saying I love you was to open up about his father. Yes, I agree. And then Greg sits down with his best friend and he says, this is the most I've felt for a girl in my entire life. I'm in love with this girl. And he said, it's going to be me and her. And I wrote, wow. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, Greg has turned a corner. Like kind of in a weird way, a 180. Yeah. Not 180, a 90. Let's give him a 90. He surrendered fully. And when he surrenders, he... Yeah, it's it's almost scary. It's almost like, whoa, like, like where did you went from third gear to fifth gear? Like yeah. where was fourth gear? Yeah. Or even second gear to fifth gear. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny when he had that second one on one, you said that that was there was sort of like a turning point, like he was choosing a, a path and fork in the road. <laughs> right. About where he's like, I think I can win The Bachelor. Right. But actually, based on how this all goes down. Mm hmm. That wasn't his thought. No, process it was I, I want to be with Katie. Yes. I was 
I was wrong. Yeah, and him turning the corner was just surrendering yeah. to how he felt about her. But I also, I've got to say, and we'll touch on this as this comes, I think it's not really Katie. I think that he surrendered a part of himself to this process and let go of a side of himself that's been like clinging on to, I don't know, keeping yeah. everything under sure. wraps and bottling things up. Mm -hmm. And Katie was the vehicle for that. Yes. But really the process is what did it. Yes. And I say that because... I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll get there. Yeah. I wonder how much he really, truly loves Katie or thinks he loves Katie. I think this was like a therapeutic process. Yes. Uh, it, totally by accident. Yes. So his friend asks Greg, what does it for you? And Greg says, she's made me realize why it hasn't worked with anybody else. Mm -hmm. I thought this was a great answer, even though it's not specific. And we love specificity. I do think there's truth in that. Like when you meet someone with whom it clicks, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, it clicks because of all these things. And those were the things I was missing and trying yeah. to force in my yep. past relationships. Yep. So Katie sits down with Greg's mom and his mom asks, what's special about Greg? And Katie lists his honesty, the fact that he's confident but humble and that he's such a family man. Again, specificity. Yeah. I like that about not, Katie. Not. I love a good adjective. Yeah, <laughs> He's hot. <laughs> And then Greg's mom asks Katie how she feels about him. And Katie says, I don't care if I'm allowed to say this. Greg will be here next week. Greg is someone I want to pursue a relationship with. What? No, I'm just I'm thinking about the things that happened after this. I know. And I'm getting irritated already. <laughs> and I'm not even there yet. Yeah, we, we have a, a ways to go. So yeah. hold on. Okay. Katie says, I'm so thankful for him. If he wasn't here, I don't know how confident I would be in this whole thing, truthfully. She basically, just to preface what's about to happen. Yeah. She basically said, he's winning. Yeah. Without like breaking her contract with yeah. ABC. Mm -hmm. That was the furthest she could go before ABC's like, whoa, 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 I mean, whoa, many Katie, times. Katie, that's, Katie. that's just the first of many times in this Many episode. times. Yeah. She was literally like, it was like sign language. It's like, <laughs> you are winning the Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. So Greg's mom asks Katie if she's in love with him. And Katie explains the L word thing yet again. And Greg's mom expresses fear that he'll get hurt. And Katie says she understands and that at the end of all this, everyone's going to get hurt except one man. And Andy, you said Greg's winning. Yep. And you had said that at the preview. Mm-hmm. And to double down on the sign language, Katie then says, just know he's here to stay. I think him and I are just this perfect match. Know he's here to stay. <laughs> to his mother. Yep. A girl who refuses to say, I love you, mm -hmm. has told his mother yeah. that he is here to stay. Yep. What else do you need to know? She's like, he's here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a the guy on like a at an airport who's like with the light those blue light sticks is like guiding the plane. Yeah. She's literally like, it's like this is the runway. It's right here. And the plane's like veering up. It's like, no, no, the runway is right here. Ah. Oh man. Painful. Yeah. And it only gets more painful, unfortunately. Oh, it's just starting. And so Greg sits down with his mom. And he says, I'm in love with this girl. She understands me. We get each other. Every single time we're together, it's the lightest. It's the easiest thing I've ever experienced in my life. She fills me up with so much happiness. I haven't been this happy in a long time. 
And then when his mother asks if there's anything giving him pause, he says his one hesitation is he hasn't heard from her that she's in love with him, which I think is understandable. Sure. In a normal situation. Yeah. But that's his only hesitation. Everything else is perfect. Mm -hmm. We'll just put a pin in that. Yep. Circle back. So now Greg sits down with Katie and he opens up yet again here. Mm -hmm. He reveals that he lost a major piece of himself with his dad and he pauses for a long time here and says he just had so much life to him, you know, and then it was just gone. And I feel like I lost a part of myself during it all. I haven't been this happy in the longest time. I didn't know what I came here expecting. I think you're beautiful. I think you're great. I didn't know I was going to fall in love with you. And I am in love with you. And you just make me the happiest I've ever been. And I see it with you. This is real to me. And she looks at him, which to in what I think is an affectionate way, and whispers, I'm glad, and wipes his tears. And then... Things get awkward real fast here. Real fast. Oh, this is going right off a cliff. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, the plane is not, yeah. not following the He did not listen the to the guy with the, with the light sticks. <laughs> yeah. He's now, he's now on like runway 19, where he's supposed to be on runway three. Yeah. And he's about to go into like the suburban neighborhood next to the airport. <laughs> it's, it's kind of silent. She's looking at, she's smiling at him. She looks, in my eyes, very touched. But apparently it wasn't enough for him. He goes, What? And she smiles and says, I just love looking at you. Mm. To me, her to me, her eyes were giving her him like like Yeah, she was like, We're good. <laughs> we we don't need to do this, like we're good. I felt like her eyes were saying, I'm doing everything in my power to not break this promise I made to myself. It shows how Greg's lack of intuition like it was like look at the person you supposedly like feel so connected and, and tied to this woman that you may want to spend the rest of your life with mm -hmm. like just just spend one second stop thinking about yourself and look at her mm -hmm. look at what she's giving you she was just the eyes were telling so much how do yeah. i know what her eyes were telling but greg doesn't know what her eyes were telling <laughs> yeah in general i wonder if greg is really a words i mean love languages you know, it's debatable how serious or reliable those are. But I really get the impression from Greg that he is a words person. Okay. But you can be a words person in the real world. They're on a TV show. Yeah, I know. Yes, we'll get to that. Okay. So she says, I just love looking at you. And he's silent. <sighs> she says, it is tough. And I had to explain things to your family. You know, I told them you're here next week. I told them our connection is so strong and I really do believe in it. And we made it this far for a reason. And it is going to be hard. But at the end of it, it's going to be worth it. And yeah, then, literally the ABC's lawyer is literally like he's coming out from the woodwork. He's like, oh, just hold on a second. He's like, oh, OK, OK, OK. And Greg looks sullen or sort of he's he's not giving much here. OK. I mean, he really yeah. turns on a dime when it's just yeah oof. when she doesn't respond in the way he expected her to, I suppose. Oof. And she says, you know how I feel about you, right? You feel good about us? And he goes, hmm, I try to. <sighs> and then she says, we're almost there. And he goes, hmm. And she whispers, very close. Just hang in there. I keep telling you that. She's whispering all of this. And he goes, yeah. And she says, what's wrong? And he says, just trying to process it all. Okay. For me that, okay, whatever. He's not feeling reciprocation and maybe he's going, he's turning inward and getting in his head, but things really start to, in my mind, take a 
oh, a dark turn pretty quickly here. It's going down. It's going down. The plane has officially oh, gone is, through the suburban it's, neighborhood. It's, it's, it's like going gone off through a, a Denny's. It's like in a supermarket. <laughs> it's about to hit like an apartment complex. It's a disaster. Uh, so Katie says, I want to help, but I don't know what to do. And Greg says, what do you mean? This is where he lost me. Oh. Is when she's trying to meet him in the middle and he's just like, she says, you're just not happy right now. And he says, why do you think that? Mm. Even though everything about his body language screams, I'm not happy right now. And then she says, your body language, you're not talking. And he says, why do you think I'm not happy? You know what happened in this moment? What? Katie became Greg's mother. Ooh. He became, no, it's exactly what happened. He went from being a man yeah. to a child. He did become a child. And she was the it's just adult. Weird. It's just weird because this is a, we're finally in a situation where his mother's literally in the next room. Yes. But yeah, I agree he became a child here. 100% a child. He, he just becomes testy. He starts testing her. He's having a it's quiet like, why tantrum. Why do you think that? And she says, your body language, you're not talking. Why do you think I'm not happy? And she says, I feel it. And he said, why do you think that? No, I don't think it. I feel it. You just heard me say that. Yeah. And she says, because this sucks. And he says, what sucks? She says, this whole thing, having to go through this is hard. I hope it's something we can get through because we are so close to the end. And he goes, mm-hmm, okay. Mm. And I wrote here, it feels like he's pouting for not getting the reaction or response that he wanted or he's, expected. And you said, she's giving him a wink. Every, literally, you're right. It's like, you are winning. I love you too. All the sign language, everything she can say short of saying it. And he's just like, I'm not receiving this. Like, we don't speak the same language right now. Okay, so they stand up and leave the area and go to a dark room. And which I totally understand. People often are like, oh, why are they whispering in a dark room? Don't they know they're mic'd? Something about being in that situation, whispering in a dark room where you don't feel the cameras on you, it can make a big difference. Sure. So in the dark, Greg reiterates how hard this is for him. And Katie says she gets it. And he says, I don't think you do. She's she saying all the right things. She is saying everything right. There, we could not be more Team Katie in this entire saga. And, and, and to be to be fair, yeah. Greg is saying all the wrong yeah. things in the wrongest way you could say them mm -hmm. in this situation. Yeah, like he says it like a child. Child. Like someone who's either, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe he's has not had any real relationship experience, but he is acting like a child. Yes. So Greg just said, I don't think you do. And Katie says, I do. How do you think I feel going through it, being so committed to you and then having to go meet other families? It's hard for me. I really love that she said this because she was basically reminding him that it's not just about him. She has her own process that she's going through and that it's not easy for her either. But instead of acknowledging that, he says, I can't be there at the end if I don't think it's us. And she says, I promise I, and then he cuts her off with, I really can't. Yeah, Unbelievable. A, literally, I'm telling you, the, the, the attorney for ABC was just about to come into the scene with like papers. Yeah. Like she was that close to literally said, saying you're winning The Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah. She just, was that close. Yeah. And he says, I just don't understand how you don't know at this point. Oh, my God. It's, has he ever seen this show? He must not have ever seen this show, right? How can uh, he think that she doesn't know who she's picking at this point? And she's literally saying in every way possible other than saying, I'm picking you. She's saying, I'm picking you. 
She has said, I'm picking you more clearly than it would have been had she literally said, <laughs> I'm picking you. It's so true. I'm not, and that's, I'm not, that's not a joke. It's 100% true. But knowing Greg, even if she said, I'm picking you, he would take issue with that. Oh, of course. Yeah. You're like, well, how do I know? You yeah, didn't tell or, me you love me. Or he would me. be like, picking me. This is about love. I'm, I just poured my heart out to you. But we'll get to that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Greg went full crazy, full crazy. after being seemingly the most down-to-earth, normal cool dude but what happened just defcon 5 out of nowhere it really felt like he's just not conscious of her position her feelings how she feels going through what she's going through he just felt super selfish could you imagine blake doing that no and we'll get to that could you imagine justin doing that? no could you imagine michael doing that hell no could you imagine thomas doing that (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how someone who's gotten more encouragement and validation than anyone else. First impression, Rose. Every every step of the way. I mean, he couldn't have received more. She knew he was the winner from night one. That's why it feels like he hasn't seen this show or something. Don't give him him that. For him to correlate her not saying I'm picking you or I love you too with with her not knowing at this point is such a leap based on all the other data to suggest that she does reciprocate. I'm sorry, but Greg is an intelligent adult. Even if he's never, ever seen the show before, he can put two and two together and figure out that she's limited in what she can do before the final episode. (laughs) It's calculus. It's, it's, no, no, sorry. It's arithmetic. Yeah. (laughs) It's not calculus. He doesn't see the chessboard at all. Yeah. Okay, so... Katie says, I feel like you're losing trust in us. And he says, I'm not losing trust. I'm losing my shit. He's, his shit was lost his, a while yeah, ago. Yeah, he lost his shit a while ago. And then, Andy, you said here, can't she just write it on his chest or something? <laughs> the reason I said that, just to be clear for our listeners, is because you literally cannot say anything without a mic picking it up. You can't whisper it. You yeah. can't whisper it in someone's ear. You can't whisper it in their collar. The mm-hmm. mic will always pick up anything you yeah. say. It reminds me of that scene from the uh, Wolf of Wall Street where he's he's mic'd and he like writes something on it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he like, slides it under the... <laughs> yeah. It's like she literally could have been like really close to him, like put her hand behind his head and just been like, like into his chest like, you are winning. And then she like run out of room and she's like, you get the point. Okay, so things wrap up. She has to ask him for a kiss and he gives her a, a very terse peck. Mm. And then they... A petulant kiss. A petulant kiss. And then they part ways. And then it's the next day and Blake and Greg have a man chat. A sort of man chat. And Andy, here you observed that the show is killing the succulent game. It's amazing succulents. <laughs> have you not noticed? They, I guess. You really notice plants more than me. I respect succulents. You respect plants. That's the best assortment of succulents I've seen on any show ever. Including all those home improvement and, you know, fixer-upper shows you, you make me watch. <laughs> Okay, so the guys talk about how hard Katie is to read and how hard just the entire thing is. And we agreed here that Blake is handling things much better. He said, I tried to blank it out. And Andy, here you said that you feel Canadians in general are a few years older or a few years more mature than Americans. Mm -hmm. And add to that the fact that Blake is three years older than Greg. Mm -hmm. So he's like basically seven years older than Greg. Yeah, and we agreed here that you could see the difference. Oh, clearly. Night and day. Night and day. It was like a father and his son. And, you know, Blake has been a bit of a jokester all season. You know, he's joking about 
long hot showers and using maple syrup in the bedroom like he's it's not like he's this like fatherly figure or anything i wouldn't say that blake comes off as necessarily the most mature man on the bachelorette no and i say that with affection by the way i like that he doesn't come off that way but it was so interesting to see him next to greg here you're right one of them seemed like a man yeah one who's secure the security the yeah the confidence that even if this doesn't go the way you want it to he's good it's gonna be okay yeah yeah literally like like he was like here come on come over here son let's have a chat he's like pops i don't know what to do (laughs) it did feel that it's like when i was your age i went through the same thing son it'll be okay And also, I got to say, it felt like Blake came at this more from Katie's perspective, too. He said, I have no idea how she's doing this. Mm -hmm. You don't hear Greg saying that. Nope. There's a sliver of him putting himself in her shoes, which we just don't get from Greg ever. Greg is too busy pitying himself. He has an ITM where he says he feels she had no reaction to him pouring his heart out. And he said, it's clear to me she's not feeling the same. It's just clear. Mm. (laughs) And there's a voiceover of him saying, I thought we understood each other completely inside and out. And I wrote, you can tell he's the kind of guy who spirals and willingly. There have been many opportunities, I feel like, for him to take a step back, count to 10 and be like, oh, I'm spiraling. But he is just, he has hopped on. And I personally have been in that position before when I was a kid. Yeah. Where you just keep digging a hole for yourself and you don't know how to stop digging. Yeah. And, and you, you learn how to not do that. And you almost, almost in a weird way, get off on it. Yeah. You know, when you start to spiral and you're just, you start to lose it and you're right. It's, it is a very childlike behavior, but you almost relish it. Yes. It's like binge eating or something. You know, you're just like, I'm just going for it's it. It's a good temper tantrum. It's like yeah. as a kid, you're just like, I know I'm crying too much. I yeah. remember even like yeah. as a three-year-old, I have vague memories of being like, I don't need to cry this much, but it kind of feels nice. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And I've totally had that too, where you're, you could stop mm-hmm. and take a step back and recover, but instead you're like, I'm going to lean into this. Keep digging. You just digging. keep digging. He's yeah. dug so far. He's almost to China now, Greg. Yeah. I mean, he is digging. So Greg heads out to talk to her. Only good things can come of this conversation. <laughs> he starts putting on his shacket. And Katie really, truly won our hearts here when she answered the door. And she's like, how's it going? They have their greetings. And it's clear that he has, isn't over it yet. And she says, oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> and you said here, I have never liked Katie more. She, uh, she won my heart completely. Yes. The OGs was it. I'm, I'm yeah. like full team Katie now. Yeah. It was even better than like an oh fuck or an oh yeah. shit. It was like, oh, geez. It was perfect. <laughs> it, was. it was perfect timing. It was. So they sit down. And Greg says, I just wanted to talk about the other night. Then he proceeds to not say anything. (laughs) So she says, you still seem nervous. And he says, what do you mean? Would you like me to define (laughs) how Webster's defines nervous? She says, you don't seem comfortable. You don't seem happy. And he says, you seem fine. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Here, Andy, you facepalmed. I wrote this down. And she says, I'm just holding my breath because I have no idea what you're about to tell me and it scares me. Mm-hmm. He's always testing her. He's constantly testing her. And I also feel, I maintain this, he never comes at it from her perspective. You seem fine. 
think about the circumstance. You just arrived. Clearly, you're upset. Clearly, you didn't end things on a good note. She's nervous, too. If Does a, she have to say she's nervous for you to understand she's nervous? You a, seem fine. If a baby could talk after having his bottle pulled out of his mouth by his mother, he would say all the things Greg is saying. <sighs> Brutal. He says that the other night when he told her that he loved her, it felt like he was talking to a stranger. He says, here I was expressing my love to my future wife and you didn't even feel it. You just completely dismissed it in my eyes. He tells her that he felt he had had Katie the entire time until that moment. And Katie apologizes. She doesn't have to. No, she shouldn't have to, but she does. She says... She apologizes if it came off that way. She explains the L word thing, which she hasn't told any other contestant. Mm -hmm. And he dismisses that explanation. He says, you didn't even acknowledge what I said to you. You completely mowed over it. It scared the hell out of me. I was so confused. It pains me still to think that you think that's what I was asking for. So it pains him to think that he, that she thinks that he wanted the L word back. Right. What bothers me about this and I get that it's not just about the L word. You know, I, oh, I do think had she said it back, he would feel differently. Mm-hmm. But what bothers me is his lack of acknowledgement that the way she reciprocates feelings or receives information, that his lack of understanding that that might not look the way he expects it to. Like she's a separate human. Just because she doesn't react to it in the way that you deem valid doesn't mean that she doesn't feel it or reciprocate it. I agree. And this is a huge part of coming together as a couple and learning about each other and figuring out whether or not you work. Because sometimes you will express something to someone and they'll receive that information not in the way that you would receive that information. And that doesn't mean that it's not valid. No, you are going to receive information exactly how I expect you to. And you're going to react exactly how I expect you to every single time forever. I found this really problematic. Yeah. He wanted to be so acknowledged but yet he was not acknowledging her experience at she is going through a far more stressful experience than he is he has no idea how stressful her situation is yeah he's the victim i do think that they're stressful in different ways but yes she's in a very stressful situation too especially as we've i've said for a few weeks now i think katie is an empath and i think that this is a brutal experience for someone who feels others' emotions the way she seems to. And remember, Greg only has to worry about one woman's emotions. Yeah. Katie has to worry, uh, well, she had to technically worry about a dozen, but mm-hmm. now she has to worry seriously about three people's yeah. emotions. So here Katie says she felt there were a lot of emotions that night and maybe she was trying to do more listening than talking, which I do think is also a valid explanation. It's like he was opening up about many things, not just how he felt about her. He mentioned his dad in Mm -hmm. that same speech. And here Greg says, I even feel like you're giving me surface level responses. I'm talking to you. I'm not asking you for this stuff. This is real life. You told me I was getting a rose this week. Fuck the rose. I don't give a shit about the rose. I just told you you filled a hole in my heart. No one says fuck the rose. (laughs) That's your takeaway from that? Yeah. Not on The Bachelorette. This whole thing just reeks of him punishing her over and over and over again. So she here she apologizes profusely. She says she's sorry she didn't say more. She says, I just know how big of a night it was with your dad and emotions. I was just listening more. 
And he says, you weren't listening, though, because how can you sit here after that and ask me what's wrong and say I was the one ganging up on us? He's basically gaslighting her. You think so? He's telling her that she's doing things that she's not doing. Yeah, I I see what you mean. And I got to say, I... I want to go back and reread the paragraph where he opened up to her and where things went so awry. The intro to him talking about how much he loves her and how much he sees it with her was him talking about losing a major piece of himself with the loss of his dad. Mm -hmm. He even said he just had so much life left and then it was gone. And then that sort of morphed into him talking about how he's so in love with her. Like, I can see how she'd be like, is this about your dad or is it like, she wasn't, she wasn't sure if he was done. This was all in the same conversation where he was still talking about his dad. I would be in listen-only mode. Yeah, I agree with you. To me, the situation wasn't just a, I'm now telling you I'm in love with you. It was interwoven with him talking about the loss of his dad and his heartbreak with his dad and him feeling like he had lost a part of himself in losing his dad. And then that tied into how she made him feel whole again. Do you say, do you, how do you respond to that? Like, are you, you know, you want to be there for him. You want to listen to him opening up about this. It's not a, oh, I'm so touched that I mean that much to you. Because he was literally in the last minute talking about the loss of his dad. Yeah, this is a moment for like hugs and like, I understand. I agree with the listening mode thing. It's not always about talking. And I think that she didn't do anything wrong here. It's funny because he's accusing her of doing all these things that are wrong in a time when I feel like she's been doing everything right. Agreed. And this is where we started to lose our shit. I gave up on taking notes at this point because it was just this like cat and mouse game of him accusing her of things and then her apologizing and explaining herself and then him pouncing on her explanation and accusing her of things based on that explanation. So it was just this vicious cycle where she could not win. I wrote, Andy can't even watch. You got up and went and did something. Well, I felt in that moment, she should have broken up with him. She saw the writing on the wall. She had a moment there where she saw what he really was and what he would be like in those situations in the future. And she should have just been like, you know what? I think I know what you want to do and I'm going to let you do it. No one I don't expect her to do that. Yeah, no one is capable of doing that. No, I didn't expect her to do that. But in that moment, she was fully in the right to say, we're done. He said here, there's obviously a disconnect here. It's so clear. It's obvious. And as much as it hurts me, I've reached my breaking point with this. I gave you everything and I really hope you find something. And he kind of drifts off. And then it becomes clear he's leaving. Kate is like... I'm trying to wrap my mind around what you're saying right now. And Andy, here you said, the look on her face here shows she knows she's not only upset about him leaving, but also knows he's not who she thought he was. And it's not what she thought it was. It's like she was walking by the window of a bakery every day and was like, that's the best cake I've ever seen. And finally, she buys the cake and brings it home. And it's not that good. That's the look she had. He's exhibiting a lot of potential red flag traits here insecurity major jealousy the inability to empathize with her or put himself in her shoes not listening that's the biggest one arguably and i wrote how much could he really love her if he would leave her over this over what's clearly a misunderstanding and he has no interest 
in giving it one inch, meeting her one inch in the middle to hear her side of things. He's just going with his assumption, convinced himself he's right, and is willing to throw it away because of that. I'm, he could never have loved her. No, no. She found out all she needed to know about him in these moments. And to be honest, she dodged a bullet. He helped yeah. her dodge a bullet. Greg is not ready no. for a relationship. Our big takeaway from all of this, and we're not even done yet, by the way, because no. he does leave and she chases him. But yeah, the biggest takeaway here was he's not anywhere near ready for for a, certainly a marriage. Can you imagine? It's such a fall from grace, too. The guy was so chill and so yeah. perfect. And then suddenly he just had a deck of red flags. He's like, she's like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Like you couldn't, they were coming so fast, you couldn't even see them. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. And I want to always give the disclaimer, we're talking based on a person who's in a situation that's designed, it's literally by design meant to make him unravel. So I don't want to make it sound like we're presuming that Greg is like this in real life or that in real life he's not ready for a relationship or in real life he's insecure and jealous and all these things because we have to always remember that he is a real human with real feelings put in a situation designed to make him act like a crazy person. Right. But I guess I'm just surprised at how much he went there. I, I was blown away. And I'm sure some people who disagree with this line will say, oh, no, actually, he acted more real than anybody who's ever been on The Bachelorette in that situation. Okay, sure, you can make that argument, I guess, because you're assuming that, well, you're assuming that this is normal real life, and even in normal real life, he was demanding of her the reactions that he wanted. That's what I'm saying. It actually, to me, her not being able to tell him how she feels about him is just the impetus. But really, the greater issue here is the fact that he at no point listened to her perspective or put himself in her shoes or empathized with her feelings. No, it was, it was one-way all street. about him from beginning to end. One way street. Yes. I wrote in all caps here he's leaving to punish her, which is so childish. And it's usually a move you regret. Yes. Big it's a time. move you make to, just for vengeance. I'm going to punish you for not behaving the way I expected you to or wanted you to. And then, I mean, the next day, you're like, why did I do that? Yeah, a couple weeks later, you're begging to come back. And if the person's smart, they're like, no thanks. So here Greg says he wasn't asking for her to say she loved him. All he was asking for was Katie. She replies, so this one time you think you didn't get me, you just want it to be done. And he pounces on, on that, of course, because that's what he does. He says, this one time... And I wrote, this contradicts what he just said earlier, which is that he's gotten Katie the whole time. Mm -hmm. Earlier, he said, I've gotten Katie the whole time, and then I didn't get Katie, I got a stranger. And she said, so you feel the one time you didn't get Katie? And then he's like, what do you mean the one time? Which is it? I totally agree. When you're having a temper tantrum, a lot of the times you don't make sense. Yes. Then he goes on to say, it was extremely difficult to hear you not understand what I needed in those moments. And then this part really got me. He starts to whisper with a sardonic smile. I just told everyone in my family that you were the one and that I was going to marry you. He definitely starts to lose it here. But what bothered me again was how he was so intent on hurting and punishing her. If you now feel that Katie is not who you thought she was or that she doesn't reciprocate your feelings and you're afraid of getting hurt or X, Y, Z, all the reasons, then just leave. 
don't be like, I told everyone in my family that I was going to marry you, that you were the girl of my dreams, that you were the one. Well, it's like, why are you, you're just raking her over the coals. But he's for, also, he's also displaying his conflict style, which by the way, there's no way this ends here. This yeah. is the way he deals with this shit forever. <sighs> Not forever. Maybe therapy can help. Okay, fine. <laughs> And then Katie rightfully responds, I'm sorry that night went the way it did, but I'm also confused how that one night can change everything. Yes. She should be confused. And he says, because it wasn't, because it wasn't you that night. It wasn't you, Katie. You put up a wall that night. Again, that goes against, uh, he's just, he's not making sense. Like you said. He's drowning. So then Katie says, you've been my number one since the beginning. Again. Again, he pounces on this. (laughs) no but even now he's just seeing red he loses it he can't be reasoned with he says you told my family i have a rose i was telling them you're the fucking one and then she said you're right i'm sorry that didn't come off the way i meant it to and he said but that's how you're thinking so she shouldn't have said he was number one because it's about feelings and the fact that they're people i to me saying he's her number one is saying i have those feelings for you but he doesn't make that connection and now here we have what we deem to be our flashpoint, mm-hmm. the Shandy flashpoint of this episode. Ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no. First, I have to say it, and then we're going to do it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's been a while. So, <laughs> we, we forgot the flashpoint last week. So Katie says, you're right. I don't know how to naturally date multiple people up to a point of an engagement. I have my struggles, too. Is that good? Yeah. I was so happy she said this, and she, she was upset. She was saying, I don't know how to do this either. Like, why are you acting like I'm the one that have all these mistakes? The first time she's put a gripe on the table. There's been like a thousand gripey ones. Well, she has expressed her difficulties along the way. But this is the first time she was really like, put yourself in my shoes. This isn't easy for me. I don't know what I'm doing either. Thank you. This was our flashpoint because it's the acknowledgement that she has her own struggles and that he is not acknowledging them. The fact that she has to say this means that he's not acknowledging them. Exactly. And then he says back to that, all I'm asking is for you to be real with me. He never listens to a thing she says. He's like really Jekyll and Hyde. Like, I don't know who this Greg is. He literally is only listening for things he can pounce on and then argue back on. He said the fact that there's a list right now, that's what hurts me. He stands rambling about how he's given her everything he has to offer, has showed her everything they could be, and he leaves the room in a huff. And Andy, here you said, this cake tastes like shit. (laughs) So Katie follows Greg. He's sitting outside off on a bench somewhere, pouting. Yeah. And she kneels next to him. He gives her no nothing. No touch, no look. She's followed him out there. She's on the ground. She's coming with literally a clean diaper, and he's refusing to let her <laughs> change him. He, he's having a full-blown temper tantrum. Yeah. She tells him she's shaking. She's shocked. She wants to leave. She tells him that she's long felt that if he leaves, she's done. She says she has nothing left to give him. She's been honest with him, and she continues to plead with him in tears, and he won't even look at her. He's just blank-faced. Amazing. He's dug his hole so deep. Doesn't that sound like the behavior of someone who is so in love with her that he wants to marry her and wants to live his life with her? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He says, all I do know is I deserve more than what I've been given on your side. I'm not happy here anymore. I'm done here. And he leaves. 
Oh, at least he sticks to his guns. He leaves her sitting on the ground in tears. His future wife, the woman he loves so much. Knight in shining armor. <laughs> sorry, he loved so much because apparently she did one thing wrong that he didn't like. And then now it's past tense. Mm-hmm. He cannot deal with her. I wrote, what an entitled brat. It's just petulance. Petulance. And then Katie goes and hides in the bathroom of her suite where there are no cameras. And then Caitlin arrives. I got to say, Caitlin is so good at this. She's great. She's empathetic. She really relates to Katie. Yeah. In no way does it feel like she's trying to get something out of Katie. No. It really just feels like she cares. She actually cares, but she's been there before. Yes, she actually cares. And then there's a sweet moment where Katie suddenly opens the door and Caitlin knows her cue. She gets up, gets in the door, and the door is closed. Yep. It's like she said the secret password or something, and the door opened, and Caitlin just gets in. Like, well, I just loved this moment. There was yeah. no trying to coax her out or a glimpse of her. It, it really felt like Caitlin was on her side. And I've just got to say, there was an intimacy to this exchange that you could never have achieved with Chris Harrison as host. True. We finally got our non-Chris Harrison moment. <laughs> I mean, we've had a few, but to me, this was just, you could never have gotten this in any other way. Absolutely. And so they discuss the Greg situation. She says she's heartbroken. She's defeated. I got to say it was hard not to, like, I got emotional watching yeah, this did. whole saga. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of goosebumps. I'll, I'll put it that way. It's good TV. It was good TV. As sick as it sounds, it was yeah. amazing TV. Mm-hmm. And she says that the fucked up part of it all is that she's expressed in her ITMs that she was falling in love with him. So Caitlin asks Katie what she wants to happen. And Katie responds, I want someone to book my flight home. Dun, dun, dun. dun. And then that's the end. Cliffhanger. And Mm. then the closing credits are a montage (laughs) of her moments with Greg. I didn't know what to make of that. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was kind of hilarious The, The montage. I was torn on the montage. I couldn't tell whether the montage meant that Greg is coming back and that the relationship is something that is worthy of being highlighted in this sentimental way. Or if it's just like, oh, he's gone. And to me, the way this ended kind of undid a lot of their sentimental moments. Yeah. Because, again, based on how he seems on the show in a situation designed to make him act like a crazy person, he does not seem ready for a relationship. No. I looked at all those prior scenes and that montage through a new lens. Yeah. A lens that was filtered by a diaper. (laughs) The diaper filter? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So do we no. have anything left to say that we haven't already said about this? I think this? our feelings are very clear. Yeah. I'm a little exhausted talking about Greg and what a child he is. I never thought I would be talking about Greg in this vein. Yeah. We were way off. Way off. We thought he was going to leave because he was just unraveling, wasn't sure about her. It's more that he went too far and then, you know what I think it is? It felt like he held the power for most of his time on the season and it was always her being like, how are you doing? Like, I'm worried you're going to leave. And then finally he went full throttle, all in, and then didn't feel like she met him there in time or fast enough or hard enough, even though she still had two other guys and she has to play the game. Yeah. And he was not cool with not being in the position of power anymore. I agree. I think that his walls were much more fortified than we thought. Yes. And him letting his walls down, he thought was, first of all, 
I confused the moment he let his walls down as him being like, okay, I'm going to play this game. Yeah. I confused the two. Yes. But it was really the moment he was actually letting his wall down. And he thought he's like this. I never let my wall yes. down. My wall is the great wall of China. Yes. When I let this wall down, it is the biggest gift in the world. It's over. You need to be with me. Yeah. And I mistook that. Mm -hmm. But once that wall came down, instead of just being more connected and more warm and more loving with no, Katie. No, he lorded it over her. Yeah. It was like, I gave you my wall. Yes. Give me everything. Yes. In the way that I deem valid. In my, yes. Exactly. In my language. Give it to me the way I want it. I just gave you my wall. You give me everything exactly how I want it now. And I maintain his lack of ability to want to give one inch to meet her anywhere in the middle or hear her out, hear out her explanations. All he wanted to do was battle her and punish her and hurt her. The mm -hmm. way he brought back the fact that I told my family I wanted to marry you. He wanted to hurt her well, that, deeply that was the problem i had if he had just been a like had a temper tantrum and whined and whined and whined i would have just said well dude i i get it but you just sunk yourself yeah like, that was mental yeah but instead the, the reason why i feel disdain i'm a little more heated than usual yeah is because of that because he took it out on her. Yes. This woman who has the weight of the world on her shoulders right now, mm -hmm. it's now him. It's all about him and the way he wants to receive her love and the, all the rules are now his rules. Yes. Why did you have to make it a hurtful thing? Yes. Just make it a whining thing. Which to me shows that he, that's the irony is to bring it full circle. I don't think he truly loves Katie the person. I think that he's correlating, letting those walls down. The environment is designed to make you fall in love big time. I mean, trust me, I was the most skeptical person in the world. And, you know, God bless Juan Pablo, but we were never going to like be together. Yeah. And even I was like, I'm feeling feelings. Yeah. You know, I, I can see why he fell, but he has displayed in more ways than one that he actually doesn't love her and if he's willing to lose her so easily when you talk about a, a marriage together like a life spent together it's going to be a hell of a lot more difficulty than her not reciprocating your feelings in the way that you deem valid yep that's you're gonna for sure. leave over that is it all it was all smoke and mirrors because of that thank you're right Bullet. bullet dodged that's why i said right there in that moment had she said peace goodbye go home that's fine she would have i think made a superhuman but appropriate move yes okay do you think we covered think this we i think we, people are sick of hearing this, us talk the, about the, this we we broke the hammer nailing the coffin shut <laughs> Yeah, it's split the, in half. The, the coffin is way splintered beyond repair, and now the yeah. hammer is yeah, the hammer's on the no, on the concrete floor being broken. Now. There's there's not even a coffin left. It's literally just a bunch of wood shards and nails. <laughs> yes, the body is in the open air, surrounded <laughs> by sawdust and 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 bent nails and a broken hammer. All right, I'm interested to hear what the Shandies think of our take on this one. I hope they agree. Well, I feel so so sure about this that it's hard for me to imagine anyone saw this differently but maybe, maybe they we did. missed maybe we're missing something i don't know i doubt it it's possible and look i get that greg it's clear from the narrative around his dad that he went through something very traumatic 
And I get that. But so did Katie. And you don't see her taking it out on the person she, you know, loves. It doesn't give you 007 license to to be a dick and a a baby. Yeah. Okay. We've made our we've made our thoughts known. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. To the end. Yes. To our Shandy word watch of the week. We asked you to keep your eye out for the word decision. And there were zero decisions in this episode. Goose egg. You would have thought there would be more. I was sure I would have bet my life on at least two. <laughs> Your life. I would have lost would my have life. You would have died over the Shandy Word Watch. the saddest way to die probably ever. Yes. We had zero winners. Zero decisions and zero winners. No, no. one guessed zero decisions. Nope. And so we decided since this was a flub... That will reuse the word yes. decision. Decisions for now carries over yes. to the finale. Is that what happens when there are zero? That's a standard rule. Is that a standard? Yeah, it's in the bylaws. <laughs> okay. So there was not a single decision, which means that next week in the finale, once again, the word watch count word will be decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, Andy, do you feel ready for our predictions? Mm, I sure. Mean, this, yeah, this, we need to take a moment. Uh, I mean, really, the big question here is, does Greg return? That's the only question. It's really the only question. Do you want to have different guesses here so that we keep things interesting? Or do we feel so strongly about one? I mean, this is mathematical. If Greg returns, it's Greg. If Greg doesn't return, it's Blake. Like, you just are betting on Greg returning. Is it Blake if Greg returns? Oh, sorry. I stand corrected. There's three possibilities. (laughs) One is Greg returns... And it's Greg. Okay. Two is Greg doesn't return and it's Blake. Okay. Three is Greg doesn't return and it's nobody. Yeah. I don't know how you're supposed to predict this without knowing if Greg's going to return. Well, (laughs) that's, I mean, we have to just predict what happens in the finale now. I mean, if someone just told me if Greg was returning or not, I'd tell you what my prediction is. That's cheating. Okay. Yeah. So we have to just predict what we think. I think people want to know what we think is going to happen next week. Yeah, I'm torn I don't know why this. people want to know. This is not like we know any better than they do, but here we are. We're the ones with the mics. <laughs> I'm Okay, I'll go first. I'll, I'll be the brave one here Please. and go first. I predict Greg will return because like we said, we think he's having a tantrum and the kinds of people that do that then regret it. The question is, if is he too prideful to return? Because some people regret it but or have too much pride to ever admit that they regretted it. So... I'm going to go with Greg does return and that they she picks him and it ends up together. But I'm that's my prediction. But I don't want that to happen because I don't think that he is ready for a relationship. And I would like to think that Katie for me, my dream scenario would be Greg returns and Katie's like, mm, no, my, I would love that. No, I'm going to I'm going to raise your dream scenario okay. to Greg returns and she still picks Blake. Oh, that would be so good. That would be the best. However, I have a hard time imagining Katie after all the things she's now verbalized, which is I was, you know, she basically said I'm I'm going to pick you. She said he's been number 1 the whole time. It's only a little bit longer. He won The Bachelor. So it's hard to imagine that that would be lost on Katie, that she has said all those things, and that Blake would inevitably appear to be second choice. Right. 
It's like, well, I, I don't get the love of my life, but I'll get married to you. But it pains me because I think she's I think it's so much better with Blake. It's easier with Blake. And she has said it's easiest with Blake. I think that's the way it should end. That would be amazing. A lot of Katie's narrative has been around the sort of girl boss thing. And, and sometimes I think that's been successful. And other times I think not so much. But that would be the ultimate. Oof, that would be amazing I am woman, TV. hear me roar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, that's... That the ABC would be drooling over that. Drooling. Are we really making that our prediction? Okay. We, as we are bound by contract to make real predictions. <laughs> by contract. Not just fa- fantasy predictions. Yeah. You know, I want that to be my prediction. I want that to happen. We both do. Yeah. Just because we feel quite angry at Greg right now. Yeah. It would be too... Katie doesn't have it in her, despite the way she treated sweet, sweet Thomas... She doesn't have it in her to be that mean. It's too great a betrayal to bring him back, give him the false hope yeah, yeah, that yeah. he's going to be yeah. chosen and then put him up to auction and say, oh, sorry. Yeah, we want her to do that out of spite, but we know that that's not going to happen. Not. Okay, so what are our real predictions? You want to go first? <laughs> Such a gentleman. <laughs> uh, okay, my real prediction, after I've thought about it a little more, I think, I don't actually know where I'm oh, going with well, this. Oh, I was excited. I was, no, 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 I was no. waiting okay, for okay, the okay, master okay. prediction. I've got one. I've got it. Okay. okay. Right. So Greg does not come back. I take it back. Mm-hmm. Greg is that prideful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does not come back. I agree. And then Katie is left with Blake and Justin. Mm-hmm. She really contemplates it with Blake. I think she wants to go to the fantasy suite with Blake. Mm-hmm. But I still struggle to picture her choosing Blake at the end when she's made it so clear up to this point that it was going to be Greg. So right. I wonder if she just ends Don't, it with like, we're just going to gonna date. You're not allowed to wonder. This is, you're stating fact. God. What's going to happen? Oh, so cruel. No wondering. The wondering's over. Okay. Greg does not come back because he's too prideful. Mm-hmm. I agree. And he wants to punish her. Yep. Even if he regrets it, he's going to have too much pride. Oh, he's he's gonna not going to come it. back. He's going to regret it. And she's going to let Justin go, obviously. <laughs> I think that it's going to end with her just choosing to date Blake and see where it goes. You stole my prediction. Really? Yeah. Or or not pick anyone because she did seem to put all her eggs in Greg's basket. But I think she really, really, really does like Blake and really, really, really wants to go to the fantasy suites with Blake. Okay. You know what's crazy, really, is we're not even at fantasy suite week and there's only two guys left. I think this might be unprecedented. This is unprecedented. Yes. They're running out of guys. <laughs> yes. I am going to give a prediction that's very similar to yours, but I'm going to take it further down the road. Okay. I want to predict the whole year. Okay. So I agree with everything you said. I don't think Greg's going to come back out of pride and stubbornness. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to add a a, a, a afterword. Okay. So I think she dates Blake for a while. Uh They have a hot and heavy three months. Then she rekindles with Greg. (laughs) I thought these were supposed to be realistic predictions. I, I truly believe that may happen. That would be such a betrayal to Blake. Blake doesn't deserve that. It would be a betrayal that. to Blake, and it would be giving Greg too much. Mm-hmm. But it may happen. I think it might happen. I don't know. I'm leaning into her realizing that the cake tasted like shit. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> let's close it. That episode left us a little depleted. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Yeah. I, I've I've never been that invested in being pissed off (laughs) 
in this show. Yeah. I've been like make believe pissed off, but I was genuinely pissed off. Yeah, same. Same. I mean, I've never seen you get up and walk away. You were done watching Greg. Yeah. I pulled a Greg on Greg. <laughs> that is a wrap for this recap episode of Dear Shandy. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you can keep Dear Shandy in business by liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, following us on Instagram, leaving us iTunes reviews and ratings, and telling your friends, and generally doing all the things to help a podcast grow. We really cannot emphasize this enough. So many of you have said you want us to keep doing recaps, and this really has been a trial run for us. We'd never recapped a show with the podcast before. And so we've been gauging based on response and growth whether or not we want to keep doing this. So... Really, if you like this and want more where this comes from, then please help us grow. It would mean a lot. And I mean, what, what, like my whole purpose in life was to recap the Bachelor franchise. You have weirdly found a weird version of your calling throughout this. I finally found my calling. It's never too late. It's never too late. And on that note, I think that's a wrap for this recap episode of Dear Shandy. (sighs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Dear